Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week. We are heading into the end of February, the beginning of March 2023. There are so many things happening in the world um, we we talked a little bit about the um, the continuing debacle in Ohio. Uh, never fear, we have an episode on that coming. Uh, and we've also talked uh, extensively uh, with ourselves about Cop City here in the metropolis of Atlanta, Georgia. We'll have more on that. The reason we started doing strange news is because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it through the news cycle or gets lost, you know, in the constant chatter of modern society. You may not know that Australia has discovered a hive of spies. You may not know about the rise of the super pig. We didn't know about all these things. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you may have, like many of us, forgotten that there is still litigation going on surrounding election conspiracies. And that's something that's kind of fallen out of the news, and it really shouldn't. Yeah, and it's interesting that uh, we're talking about the news because that is exactly what this pertains to, uh, that news cycle, and the way in many cases um, it is designed to just you know, attract eyeballs and demographics and, you know, the idea of what gets chosen selectively, very selectively to be covered is part of a much larger calculation uh, that, of course, pertains to ratings and, and ultimately advertising dollars and, you know, market share and things like that. So so with any news outlet, um, you have to take that into consideration. Why are they showing me this now? What are they trying to distract me from? Why do they want me to be thinking about this now? Who am I as pertains to that demographic? And today we're specifically talking about Fox News, which is obviously a very divisive network. It is the most successful news network, uh, typically, you know, absolutely creaming CNN 
in the ratings. Uh, and this is something that the folks in charge at Fox News take very seriously. Uh, they want to remain, you know, uh, on the top of the heap as far as ratings are concerned so that they can, you know, the things like that affect stock prices, things like that affect advertising dollars coming in, the amount that they can charge per advertisement campaign or, or whatever. There's different metrics for, for television uh, and radio and, and all, all that stuff. But it's usually there's you, you command kind of a premium price depending on your ratings. And that is a thing that can fall and lead to uh, lower income for your company. Uh, Fox News, um, you may recall, reported pretty extensively um, on this idea that the Dominion voting machines that were being used during the, pre the, the last uh, presidential election were in some way compromised. Do you guys remember that? There was all kinds of things being thrown around. It was like they're owned by, what was it, Guatemala or, or some, some other, some country that was suspect? I fully remember just the concept of connecting Dominion voting machines with being hackable, like easily hackable and could be manipulated. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember this because we were here where we vote, where I vote, the, those machines were in use. Um, and it was freaking me out. <laughs> Yeah, Dominion voting systems has been, um, I don't know, it's like, because it is international, it's not all in-house. They have software offices in Canada and Serbia, weirdly enough, uh, as well as the United States. So they were they were quite controversial, and uh, everything about the process of the U.S. election is controversial, and, and frankly, it's often confusing to people mm -hmm. from other countries. Like, why isn't a voting a holiday? You know what I mean? Sure. The same reason, like, the tax system is ridiculous. Let me, I'm not going to get all the way on the soapbox, but the IRS is like, hey, we know how much money you owe. Are you going to tell me? No, you should <laughs> <Right>. guess. <laughs> and no. you're, you're in We'll trouble. tell you if you don't pay it right, and then we'll come right. for you, and then we'll charge you a VIG because the IRS is essentially a, a you know, a mafioso <laughs> type organization coming to take their collections. What, I mean, what weird toxic relationship is that? Like, hey, IRS, are you mad at me? I don't know. Should I be Ben? Exactly. What did Why you do something wrong? Yeah, anyway. It'd be a shame if something happened to your livelihood <laughs> and then knocks the vase off the table. But you're right. It's um Canada. That's where they were founded, right? Dominion? Well, yeah, they are founded in Canada, but there were reports that were later disproven that uh, the Dominion voting system organization was tied to Venezuela, uh, specifically to Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez, uh, to George Soros, uh, to the Clinton Foundation, all kind of red meat um, for right-wing controversies, the idea that these uh, entities are in some way steering the course of, of, of human events, let's just say. Um, and Fox News repeated a lot of these claims that were being made by the, the Trump campaign and other kind of far-right pundits and, and types, you know, like uh, the, the Alex Joneses of the world and, and all of that. Um, well, uh, the chickens have uh, most assuredly come home to roost uh, in a $1.6 billion defamation suit that was filed last week by Dominion Voting Systems against uh, Fox News for spreading what they must believe are provably false bits of information. And uh, the reason that I say they, they must be pretty confident in that is because defamation is one of the hardest things to prove. Uh, I'm not a, a, a legal scholar by any stretch of the imagination. I did take kind of media law and ethics in college when I was studying communications. And I do remember that was one thing that the, the professor really hit home, that defamation, the, the burden of proof is very much on the plaintiff. Yeah. yeah, and it's something you have to you have to approve actual malice. You have to approve that not only did an organization or you know the the uh, defendant say something that was defamatory, you have to prove that they knew what they were saying was false when they said it, and that they were essentially being completely negligent and and spreading false information. And you'd think that'd be hard hard to prove in this case, um, because a lot of the, 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 I believe one of the first sort of segments that took place with this was Fox News having some representative of the Trump 
organization or you know political organization on uh, with the question leading question uh, admittedly being something to the effect of so you say there are some voter irregularities. Tell us about that, you know, uh, and that opens the door for the, that person to, to spread, you know, whatever, whatever they believe to be the truth. It was actually Trump lawyer Sidney Powell. Um, but now as part of this suit, uh, a lot of information has become part of the public record. And that information shows people like Sean Hannity saying things to colleagues and, uh, and, and other higher ups, even um, I believe uh, Murdoch Rupert Murdoch himself uh, saying, hey, this stuff is bogus. We know this stuff isn't true. We can't believe people believe it. But if we don't push this narrative out there, we're going to get our butts handed to us by, you know, right wing news alternatives like Newsmax. Yeah, he called I think he specifically called it in this um, in this wonderful Columbia Journalism Review article. Very good article. Very good he, he called it uh Called it really crazy stuff, but, you know, with an Australian accent. Right. Uh, and, and I believe it was Hannity who was saying, this is obviously BS, and I can't believe our, our viewers are good people. I can't believe they believe this. And then ultimately it led to them just pushing more of this stuff out, and they did it for months. Um, and, and I bet you in the case, it will come down to the minutia of the way they reported it. You know what I mean? Because you can kind yeah. of give yourself an out if you're just giving voice to others, right? You're, you're, right. you're, you're like just you're, quoting. That's right. You're quoting. But there's also acknowledgments in a lot of these communications that include emails and texts and, you know, uh, all kinds of internal comms uh, saying that they were basically cherry picking quotes, leaving out the relevant kind of actual facts stuff and just broadcasting the stuff that was more inflammatory. And, you know, with just a, a cursory glance of a lot of this stuff, it seems very clear that they were doing that with the express purpose of pandering to that audience. Yeah. It's, it's tough too, because, you know, you're looking for just like with libel, right? Uh, you're looking for this kind of intention. You have to prove intent and this would be a malicious intent. And, uh, one thing that really stood out to me in some of this reporting is that access to internal communication, like you mentioned, Noel, uh, shows a lot of the same phrasing being used, yeah. which is not, I mean, it's circumstantial. Things like batshit crazy. <laughs> right, or, or things like threading the needle. Right. right? So that, yeah, um, that's, that's more corporate speak for how do we... You know, right. how do we hijack this narrative to our benefit, basically? Threading the, right. And also, how do we not piss off our viewers? That's what threading the needle means. It means treading lightly. Right. Does that mean they're coordinating? You know, like that's something that would be, they would question, right? Like how, how much of this was, hey, we know this story is BS. Let's all work together to uh, make Dominion voting systems look bad. And I, I don't think we're necessarily saying Dominion voting systems are themselves sacrosanct. It's just... Of course not. I, I mean, defamation, though, you nailed it, man. Like, is it going to be possible to prove that there was... Defamation's kind of a conspiracy at this point. That's right. But, my, but the point is, and the point of a lot of these great reporters, like in the LA Times piece, um, a column by Harry Littman, you don't you don't go out on a limb with a case like this if you don't feel like it's pretty strong. <laughs> right. You just wouldn't do it. You know, you would have enough smart people, smarter than us in these matters, advising you, no, unfortunately, yeah, it's probably true, but the burden is so tough for you to prove that, that they had actual malice, it's not worth exorbitant court costs. And I mean, I'm sure Dominion Voting Systems is a large corporate company with, with lots of assets, but probably not to the degree of Fox News, wouldn't you say? I don't know what their like org chart is. It could well be they're part of some giant sinister—not even necessarily sinister, but giant corporate structure—and they have unlimited, you know, deep pockets for things like this. But Fox News has the deepest of pockets when it comes to stuff like this, and they will defend uh, themselves to the teeth with with all their you know cavalcade of lawyers and and uh, legal resources. I mean, it's it's deep water already, right? What'd you say? One point six billion dollars. Billion, yeah. billion. So, so you know, even with those deep pockets that Fox has, that would be a serious blow, wouldn't you say? I mean, they did. I think they posted profits of upwards of two billion last fiscal year. So it wouldn't like 
tank them necessarily. Surely they have plenty in reserves and operating budget and all of that. I mean, that's just on top of all of operating costs. So it, it would it would basically wipe out their profits for that whole year if if they lost. Not to mention all of the court costs that they would be on the hook for as well. Um, Matt, what do you think, man? This is like the wild biggest thing stuff. for me is. Let's say this does go through, they're guilty, they get in trouble, they get fined all that money. Do you think it actually changes their viewership at all? Well, that's the thing. A lot of folks are saying it could potentially have impact on that and on their uh, relevance and on their credibility. And and I'm doing quotation fingers for credibility because a lot of their credibility isn't the kind of credibility you would usually ascribe to like a news organization. It's credibility Mm -hmm. with their viewers. And we know that organizations like Fox and Newsmax they're very divisive in the way they report things and the way the rhetoric that they, you know, give voice to. So you could argue from one side, they have no credibility already, but that credibility with their viewers is money in the bank for them. And if this is, this is literally them talking like liberal elitists, Mm. right? Off the record, you know, they're they're saying, oh, our our viewers are so dumb. They believe this stuff. You know, uh, we know it to be not true because, again, a lot of these people like Tucker Carlson, we know, are from the the elitist of the elite. I mean, the heir to the Swanson, you know, uh, frozen foods company and which makes me think he'd be much more whimsical. I think yeah. I have some weird prejudices about frozen food heirs. Yeah, like they, they, they'd be like Santa Claus type figures. Oh, like <laughs> Wonka-ish? I don't yes. know. <laughs> I gotcha. But do you like see what he, I mean, though? How that could really Salisbury steaks? It could know. torpedo yeah. that credibility with their viewers right. because all of a sudden now they're seeing these, these inter- internal communications where they're kind of being talked down to and realize mm. they're being lied to purposefully. And it's not like televangelist where no. you can come on and have a performative, like, get right with God, change of heart. Yeah, moment. but how much is Fox News going to report on this story about itself, right? And it's if you've got question, mostly, if you've got mostly a bubble of Fox News that you bring it's in, a good point. They could spin it to their benefit, like they they, they were being unfairly maligned and unfairly, you know, yeah. uh, whatever. Like the, right, and and we've that. seen that kind of thing, maybe not to this extent, but we've seen that kind of thing in the past. W- what I would be more worried about, if I'm your Rupert Murdoch or a person who runs one of these divisions at Fox News, it's that the advertisers notice all of this stuff. They don't want to be associated with will. false reporting, <laughs> and then they pull out. And if they yeah. pull out, then your company's right. done. But you could also argue, though, that a lawsuit is a matter of public record, that even if they don't report on it, it's, it's yeah. going to be out there. You know what I mean? And I mean, e- even folks that willfully maybe pull the wool over their own eyes, it's hard to deny a $1.6 billion defamation suit loss from their but, but, but again, maybe not. Maybe the, the, the rabbit hole is so deep and these folks are so entrenched that, that they would just see that as a, as a sign that the, the man is after their chosen yeah. news source. Well, yeah. There's also, we have to think about it with that excellent point you made, Matt. Um, Fox is not alone in its space, right, as corporate types would call it. So the, uh, the attacker attempting to get that news to people who usually do watch Fox would probably come from one of its rival networks, right? That's where That's the right. most success oh, would hundred percent. Yep. Of course it yeah. would. And they're already shedding viewers who are already, if not dual tuned in to Fox and a Newsmax or, or something of that ilk. They'll see that reported and they'll be like, what up Fox? What's the deal with this story on my other chosen news, mm-hmm. you know, source. So, uh, for everybody at home, Noel just got off the phone uh, with Tucker Carlson. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Exactly. <laughs> it was a Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, number. That, that does sound like the kind of place that old Tucky would have a have a little getaway, a little bungalow. Yeah, it was probably George from Seinfeld again. Yeah, that guy. He's the worst. No, the absolute best. But this is fascinating. And I don't even think this is even a, an issue of political brinksmanship or whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm misusing that term. But this is this is like whatever side you fall on. Nobody wants to be lied to. And when you hear that these people that are feeding you what you believe to be the truth are are knowingly feeding you lies, that's not okay. 
It reminds me of Brexit, honestly, when you see the internal communication of the uh, of the power structures in the United Kingdom that were pushing to leave the European Union. They knew it was going to be a bleep me here, Doc. They knew it was going to be a show, which is why they started moving their money in different places. Uh, and when you, you can exactly. hear these, these to protect terrifying, their asses. yeah, yes. heartbreaking interviews with uh, just average people in the United Kingdom who are saying, well, we got sold a pig and a poke for sure. And, <laughs> and this is unfortunate, you know, because voting is incredibly important. And there are a lot of powerful forces that don't want you to do it. Just being honest. It's true. I have no problem with that. I think there are probably shades within that, but I think that's always sort of on the table. The idea of how can we prevent folks that would oppose us from getting to the polls or make it complicated, you know, so that only it just it's sort of like I I just I'm sorry, I keep making everything about Disney World, but I just got back from Disney World and they do a thing. We realized pretty quickly that the, the, the lines, the number for like how long the wait is, they're inflated by about 30 to 45 minutes and inherent in that is to thin the herd. Mm. It is to to raise the barrier of entry to only the most serious wow. riders. So this is exactly what we're talking about with all of these, you know, roadblocks with, with, with voting. It's not necessarily, you couldn't say it's fully disenfranchising, but it's making it just inconvenient enough that it's going to thin the wow. herd. I didn't know that. Hey, did you get a, was the Tron ride a thing? Is that a thing? No, nah, there's no Tron ride. <laughs> I wish we did Guardians of the Galaxy. We did Star Wars. We did Avatar. We did all the like three yes. hour waits and they are easily two hours, but it'll <laughs> say three and a half and it is easily 45 oh, minutes less weird. than that. But anyway, I, I, I don't know that we need to go much deeper into this because it's going to be an ongoing thing. But um, I think it's absolutely fascinating to see the clearly this company believes they have a strong case. And I, I wish I could find it. It might have been in that Columbia Journalism Review there was actually some some quotes from a from a defamation lawyer that was just uh, commenting for the article saying how strong the case was. Oh, I know what it is. It's because um, Fox News is actually claiming that what they're doing is, is, a, First is a matter of yeah. First Amendment freedom of the press and that it's protected by New York Times versus Sullivan, which I don't have the specifics, but it, it says here, okay, in this LA Times uh, column, Sullivan, the landmark press freedom ruling is indeed central to this case. That's why Fox is facing a potential disastrous jury trial and the possibility of a guard Gantuan liability verdict, uh, and that is because th- that that ruling protects news organizations if they exhibited goodwill, if they exhibited, fa- uh, sorry, good faith, right? If, if they were making these reports in good faith, but now we literally have these communications internally from this company saying they were not making these reports in good faith mm. at all. So this this uh, precedent they're citing doesn't really apply. Uh, guys, before we move on to the break, I just want to point out if anybody was just thinking that, oh, all the voting machines are safe uh, and can't be hacked. Just remember, there was reporting well before this time uh, about vulnerabilities mm-hmm. within those older tech voting machines. And those are very much real. Sure. Uh, it's just. And oh, people. <laughs> crooked. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there are a lot of issues still with those machines. And just because the facts were wrong when it comes to the reporting of Fox News about this particular company doesn't mean that all the voting machines are safe. A hundred percent. I mean, no technology is completely infallible. And we know that, you know, a lot of times uh, putting things on a, a, a network that can be accessed by folks that know how to do that is always a, a potential gateway to problems. That's why they used to just use like punch cards, <laughs> you know? So anyway, something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, let's take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with another piece of strange news. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. And we're going to Australia, guys. I know there are a lot of people hearing this right now in Australia. Right? We know this. We've seen the metrics. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Shout out to our Australian fans. Uh shout out to some of our fellow uh fellow podcast folks in Australia. Uh we're we're mutual oh, yeah. fans. Big fans. Still never been to Australia. Want to go. So if any of anybody listening trek, you know, has the hookup, <laughs> send us to Australia. Let's go. I can't go into details, but I think I have to go, actually. So I'll be careful what we say on this. Don't one. go into details, whatever you do. <laughs> but here we go. <laughs> Australia is not a land well, of details. Well, I think I... It's more of a vibe. It's a broad joke <laughs> kind of land. Well, yeah, hopefully you're going to investigate the following, Ben. Uh, Australia has, according to The Guardian, and I really love their phrasing here, has, quote, busted a hive of spies which have been operating within the country for years. Ooh. Spy hive. How many years are we talking? Yeah, I love that. Oh, we're talking a long time. Uh, We can get into some of the specifics here, but let's go to the reporting from The Guardian. I've really liked the way, like I said, they've been phrasing things. Um, So let's just, let's get into who this group was targeting why they were targeting them, and then what we know about the group themselves. Is it one group? Is it a bunch of different spies? Like, is it truly functioning as a hive mind within this phrasing, or are they like individual actors? So the first thing you need to know, at least according to the reporting that I've seen thus far, no single country has been named, as in like, these are spies from China, definitely. These are spies from Russia or the United States or whatever. Mm-hmm. Probably not the mm-hmm. U.S. because Australia, remember, as we're talking about this, is a member of the old Five Eyes thing, which is the West's, like, dome of protection when it comes to uh, spying on yes. everybody mm-hmm. else. <laughs> it's the Eye of Sauron that <laughs> exploits an incredibly dumb legal loophole to allow domestic spying even when one of the countries doesn't allow it. Cough, cough, U.S., cough, cough. Uh, but it also, it also does provide, lest we, lest we make it entirely a hit piece on this, uh, it also does provide a lot of intelligence that can help these countries in the global sphere. So if you're not in five eyes, no matter who you are, 
you really want to know what they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see what they were finding out here. So according to Mike Burgess, I think that's how you'd say that. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, this person is, the, is an intelligence chief there in Australia. And he stated that it, these people were targeting journalists. They were targeting judges and veterans. So military veterans. Often they were targeting people who would put on their social media accounts that they had security clearance. Not everybody who was targeted, but this was a common right. thing. Uh, and just since we just talked about this in the recent past, guys, what do you think about that? Like the concept of touting in a way in your outward appearance, the, the part you play or portray to people on social media that, hey, I have security clearance. I think it's messy and you shouldn't do it. Um, there's, and that I'm being pretty absolutist about that. Like as a flex, like, look at me, I've got security clearance. Sometimes it's a flex, but it could also be, you know, consider the scenario where somebody is on something like LinkedIn and they're looking for a oh, job and they want you to know they have qualifications to do a specific type of, um, of work that requires a clearance. That's less But sketchy. still there are yeah. other avenues. You don't, you shouldn't be necessarily doing that in public. Now, of course, um, your mileage may vary and maybe maybe one of our fellow conspiracy realists will have an absolutely watertight reason for doing that. But if you are if you are playing for another team, you're looking for low hanging fruit mm -hmm. like that because it is a violation of OPSEC for sure. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. And oh, by the way, the way they would get to these people often, Ben, is to uh, well, the quote here is to seduce them. But that doesn't mean necessarily, you know, sexually seduce somebody at a bar. It could mean that, but it could also mean something like giving a journalist an all-expense-paid trip to some other country, maybe the country of the spy's origin, and take them on tours, you know, give them all kinds of information, and be able to... Lobby? Well, well, imagine putting a bug, you're, put, you're taking this bug that you've been watching, putting it in your jar... And now you get to just watch what the bug does for a little while at the hotel that you put <laughs> them in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you know, the, the regulations on things like that, even within our inter entertainment based industry are pretty tight. Like the, you know, F FCC uh, has, has laws or rules, internal guidelines against things called payola, where it's like pay to play kind of stuff where, you know, if, if you're given gifts, then that is a conflict of interest, especially if you then turn around and give someone airplay. So if, if we're beholden to things like that in the entertainment industry, why aren't governments held to the same kind of guidelines. Well, it's very, very bad if you get caught. Um, mm. And now, and also, uh, I think, Matt, you hit one of the most important things right now. No one's naming the suspected countries or country. Uh, there are some pretty good guesses you can make if you're playing along at home, uh, but 100% the investigators know and there is a reason that they are not disclosing. And the most likely reason is that they feel like they can shake a few more people out of the out of the trees mm -hmm. on this one. Oh, for right? sure. For sure. Because uh, I just have to keep reading from stuff Mike Burgess was saying, because a lot of this comes from uh, kind of a, a, t a speech that he gave about the state of what was going on, almost like a state of the union, but for an, an intelligence organization in Australia, the organization is called the Australian security and intelligence organization. Also, also known as ASIO. I don't mm -hmm. think it's ASIO the way you would say CIA for central intelligence agency. I think it's ASIO or ASIO or something like that. Um, I've I haven't actually heard it. I've only read it, but uh, cause it's not all capitalized. That's what I mean by it's not like, it's not like CIA. Um, but he is the chief there. He was saying that there was a concerted effort to target Australian media. So we, we're talking about journalists, we're talking mm. about judges and all that stuff, veterans. But really, it seems like one of the main objectives was to infiltrate media so that uh, you could, they could figure out sources, right? So who are these journalists talking to to get all the important information that might have security implications, which is really creepy and also to actually shape some of the media being generated within Australia from within. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Hearts and minds. Yeah. 
a little bit more complicated than out and out buying propaganda spots. Uh, we recently talked to our pal Jordan Harbinger, and he pointed out, and I, I think he's fine with us saying this, uh, he pointed out in our conversation with him that uh, not too long ago, he and several other people on YouTube had been targeted uh, by a foreign government to disseminate an alternative narrative about COVID. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't receive those, right? I don't I don't personally remember ever seeing anything like that. Well, it doesn't always happen in in defense of some of these um, reporters or people working in entertainment. Very rarely is it going to happen like in the movies, you know, like a guy with a trilby and a trench coat kind of sitting <laughs> on a bench next to you randomly and saying weird things that are code words. It's like you're yeah. having a great time and your buddy Greg wants you to do a favor. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it made me think of this, guys. On the subreddit for news, like slash r slash news, uh, that's where I first encountered the stories, often where I first encountered these stories. I'm sure you guys do that as well, at least to some extent. Uh, there was somebody commenting on this person, Mike, Mike Burgess, he, and how he kind of looks like Mike Ehrmantraut. Um, and he really kind of <laughs> That's does. definitely a look. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a bad, to me, it's a badass look. Like, he's Ooh. just going to come in there. He's not going to think. He's just going to take this hive, and he's going to take it out. You know what I mean? It's just, I really enjoy this. I feel like that's his vibe. Yeah, and he also looks like, I'll say it, he looks a, a little bit more rugged than Ehrmantraut. You know what I mean? He's he's wearing a suit in a lot of media pictures that are circulating, but yeah, he looks he looks like he get rocket if he has to. I think so. You know so. what I mean? I think so. He's also got one of those. I I you know I don't like to talk about people's bodies unless I'm saying something objective or complimentary. And I really like to your point, Matt, um, about his appearance. I really like how he's one of those people who has one eyebrow that scants up mm -hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. Because those people always look, I always thought those people look so cool. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Agreed. I'm going to give you a quote that he, that he said. They were good, but Azio was better. Working with no. our partners, we removed them. The That's hive some is history. Stuff. That right. is an Armantrout <laughs> quote right there. It really That's a great is. voice too, man. <laughs> so, so just, oh my God. Sorry. That's, uh, I'm kind of So this, this stuff never comes about like suddenly, right? They, they usually, if you're doing counterintelligence or whatever, uh, just like we saw with German authorities stopping Heinrich's attempted coup, mm -hmm. <laughs> still ridiculous. Uh, this is usually the culmination, right, of several months of work at least. Or how long has this pot of coffee, of counterintelligence coffee been brewing? Well, I suppose it's been for a year. That's what was stated there. But I don't know. I have a feeling it was longer than that, guys. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we're going to get more details about this, because that's the real umami of it, right? Is learning the ins and outs of how that kind of thing works on both sides. And yeah, unfortunately, I would imagine, Matt, that we're not going to get a lot of details right away if they're no. not even going to name the country. No. And when it comes just when it comes to a time frame like that, I imagine it would be not advantageous to publicly announce how long you've been investigating something, right? Mm. Because then you give the people like a timeline of when, when technology could have been planted on where those people live. Like, you know, you don't want to do that. Uh, if you're mm -hmm. actually doing counterintelligence like this, you want it to be a little more amorphous or under or overestimate a number pretty heavily. Yeah, that's a great point, man. And then there, there's another thing in the Guardian article that, that you had mentioned and, and sent around earlier. Toward, toward the end, this is something that initially confused me, but toward the end, Burgess, as almost a separate thing, said that Asio had found two other countries attempting to essentially kidnap people or to lure them away. Like you said, seduce them. Just like you said, you know, uh, someone is trying to find a human rights activist and get them outside of a, off Australian soil where they could be. And Burgess used this phrase, disposed of. That's where, that's where the water gets deep. You know what I mean? Because now it's not just, hey, 
can we throw uh, a journalist the the equivalent of several thousand dollars or whatever and get them to spread propaganda for us? It's can we snuff people? Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. Mark. Yep. Uh, guys, this one this one might scare you you both a little bit. It scares me a little bit. Um, uh, Burgess describes a scenario where at a bar, two women approached a couple of employees, male employees, and they just wanted to know everything they could find out about Pine Gap, a place that we've talked about on this show before, a place very important mm-hmm. for signals intelligence. And Mike said, quote, fortunately, the defense employees resisted and reported the approach. <laughs> 210 rule. 210 rule, mail We got that one time about somebody who was stationed abroad and were talking. They, they were like essentially monitoring people and they, they sent, and they were like communicating with a loved one, you know, secretly kind of. And they met somebody randomly at a bar that kind of knew everything about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, remember yeah. That? I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of that. That's actually, that's a great um, counterexample because in that example, it was um, it was an entirely a hometown game, you know That's what right. I mean. So, and that that was uh, that was the U- U.S. doing their due diligence, and I think we can say it's the U.S., but we probably I remember we had to be careful with some details on that. But this stuff happens more than people think, given Australia's literal position in the world and the amount of uh, resources it possesses, especially mineral resources. Um, I don't know. And also, you just want to know stuff, right? It's cool to know things. Well, yeah. And what Australia knows might be also what the U.S. knows or what the U.K. knows, right? So well, they're allies, right? Yeah, but, I mean, but they're five eyes, right? They're five right. allies. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and there's a lot of shared information there. And that's why it becomes very dangerous. Guys, we're going to have to keep our ears and eyes out for this. And definitely... Definitely, guys, resist anyone who approaches you and wants to know about Pine Gap. <laughs> overall. Just as yes, a overall. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with one last strange news story. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. I am so excited about this one. You put uh, it in all caps <laughs> in the document. Uh, I know. Your excitement registered visually there. When I'm on one and we have to ask, is it the coffee or is it legitimate excitement? But this one, legit excitement, even if I wasn't caffeinated to the gills as usual. Okay, here's here's the entry point. So while I was uh, traveling a couple places, I can't remember where I got, I started reading this book by Neil Stevenson. I love Neil Stevenson, amazing author, maybe not for everybody, but amazing guy, amazing mind. He recently wrote a book called Termination Shock, mm. and Termination Shock has a really interesting opening. It's in the near future. It's sci-fi about climate change, but don't let that turn you off. That's why I didn't want to uh, read it for a while at first. I was like, oh, come on. I don't need this diatribe today. But in the very beginning, this plane, I think it's like the Queen of the Netherlands, is piloting a plane reasons we don't have to get into and it crashes in texas and they are attacked by a um by this massive collection of feral hogs and as i'm reading this yeah and this happens very quickly in the beginning of the book so it's not a spoiler as i'm reading this i'm like all right well let's see if he gets preachy about climate change but for right now great setup neil uh and did the queen make it out she makes it out of that that first encounter, yeah. Okay. And, okay, and here's the other thing. Remember, gosh, how many years ago was it when the cyclical conversation about firearms in the U.S. was at its apex and people were talking about uh, needing fully automatic weapons in case they had to fight off 30 to 50 feral hogs? And that became a meme for a second? Yeah, you know who started that? it, though? It's so who? kind of accidentally. This guy, Jason Isbell, who's mm-hmm. uh a songwriter, um, guitarist, he used to be in the drive-by truckers and then kind of went solo. Um, and he tweeted sort of like a hot take about assault weapons, said if you're on here arguing the definition of assault weapon today, you are part of the problem, you know what an assault weapon is, and you know you don't need one, to which Willie McNabb replied, legit question for rural Americans, how do I kill 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? Jeez. And so... These things, once again, Stevenson made some, as a brilliant sci-fi author, he made predictions that are closer to becoming true as we record this fellow conspiracy realist, especially the northern United States. Super pigs are coming your way. That's like 2023 already. We got some, we got some (laughs) new invasive species. Uh, They're a crossbreed between domestic pigs, wild boars. They can get up to 250 pounds in weight on average. They go absolutely beast mode on anything in the environment. They can also, uh, according to the USDA, they can go into uh, like a height of three feet. They could be five feet long. These are not the pigs from Charlotte's Web. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? This is not babe. Uh, I'm just doing (laughs) estimations here, Ben. Like, that's... Oh my! I, I, ugh. And and it does it look like a pig or a boar? Uh, it looks more like a boar if you were just hanging out. Um, Good God, that's that's terrifying to me. Yeah, and you can see some pictures of these. I, I mean, I know we we've been quoting the Guardian extensively here. They just did a lot of great work this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the uh, there's a great article by Adam Gabbett that'll give you a quick look at some of this stuff. Right now, this Canadian-based creature, this super pig, it's being called that because it's incredibly aggro, it's incredibly you know belligerent, it's very intelligent, and it's super good at not being found if it doesn't want to be found. And right now, already, just the regular pigs that are running around the U.S., and they're not a native species, remember that, 
Uh, right now, Uncle Sam estimates there's already 6 million wild or feral pigs, and they cause $1.5 billion of damage each year. Mm. So maybe, maybe if the courts get creative, Dominion will say, you know, you, know, you can pay us or you can fight the pigs. You yeah. know what I mean? To death. <laughs> Like Robert Baratheon, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it'll trial by combat. So the males have long tusk and they can spear, they can gore, they can stove in a chest. Uh, These things have killed deer and elk. Yeah. Like I believe you a sense. Ben, I just got that guardian article. You're talking about, it says they can even get bigger than that 250 pound average range. Like, like double that. Nah, five hundred nah, pound tusk pig that's I'm like good. three feet tall. Nah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh-uh. and and people. The weird thing is, as ridiculous as this sounds, scientists have been warning about this for years and years and years, and no one listened because the idea sounds so preposterous. Like, hey, I know there are a lot of terrible things going on. There's a lot of crap we have to be worried about, but add super pigs to the list. And everyone's like, ah, get out of here, professor. You're drunk. <laughs> and, then, you know, it's like a Last of Us situation, but with pigs instead of cordyceps. Like, imagine someone finally goes to the professor's pig-proof bunker, and he's like, you have to apologize first. Yo, can you imagine if the super pigs joined forces with the super bugs? Mm-hmm. You know, That's kind of what Super hellscape. Happened. That's kind of what's happening. If you mean, like, if, if we're talking bugs as in infections. Infections, exactly. Oh, so yeah. The ones that become, that become resistant to antibiotics. Well, swine flu is a thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. they are a mixtape. Uh, They're they potentially a great American melting pot of viruses that are zoonotic, that are transmissible to humans. Oh, man. So you think you got away, and then the coughing starts. God, dude. (laughs) It's a a terrible thing, right? Um, Now, now of course, there are a lot of programs uh, to try to tamp down on these these invasive species, these wild or feral animals. But the new ones, right, the V2.0 that are coming, um, they do like hardcore special forces stuff. Like if if they know someone's hunting them, they will be smart enough to burrow under snow and freezing temperatures and hide out for hours until, wow. you know, the heat passes. Lay in wait. And then they're back up. Yeah. What? <laughs> and, yeah. And they're breeding. Um, the idea is that because they expand and they can be tough to catch the populations, they're breeding with other pigs that are already over the border, right? Because nature doesn't really care about political borders. Uh, so the pigs are going to have... Uh, a pig party, a very, you know, showtime after dark pig party, and they're just, their population will explode. I know, man, it's not the most poetic <laughs> phrase, but but the problem then becomes they, okay, they do tremendous damage to crops. They do tremendous damage to uh, agriculture, to other extant species, but they can also pose a great danger to humans this every article i've been reading about this turns into this laundry list about how bad these things are for everyone and i know it's very um it's very easy to think like we're being cold and nature should run its course and so on but that's until you learn all the stuff about these creatures the fact that it's difficult to kill them with firearms unless you're packing something heavy because of the weird composition of their bodies, like you can shoot at them. I, I don't. I don't think we owe an apology to those guys on Twitter. But it, it like you can shoot at these things, and they'll still get you. Wow! You, they'll just are they be like more armored? Angry. Are they like they like they like Smaug from <laughs> the the Hobbit, where they only have a tiny little vulnerable cube? So <laughs> apparently, they are far more resistant. Uh, on pretty much every level. So I think there is physiological stuff. I, I, I've got to, we've got to find one. 
Just one. one. Yeah. No. Just one. Well, wait. You, you go with God <laughs> on that one, Ben. <laughs> I, I will hang out in a chicken coop, but I will not go traipsing through the woods looking for feral hogs with you. Sorry. That's where I draw the line. I actually will. helicopter. Put me in. Okay. Put Good. me in. Y'all let me know what's up. I'm interested. Me in. Well, because... Okay. For, for, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but these pigs are edible like any other pig, right? Heck yeah, they're probably good sure, eating. Yeah. So like, if you do, if you happen to eat that, um, may, maybe you don't, but I mean, I guess I would if I had to. So people are going hungry. Mm-hmm. There's a food source. You just need some high caliber weaponry to take <laughs> one out if you can. So here, argument for assault rifles. <laughs> Boom. It's the most high stakes bacon you will ever eat. Oh, I like the idea of high stakes bacon. Yeah, man, makes it taste that much better. It does. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's like in Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire, technically, where they're where they they're like, did you buy that with the gold price or the iron price? The iron you price. I mean? it's, yeah, it's the Always. same as people eating, you know, food from the supermarket versus catching or at the very least slaughtering their own food. It's a different. It hits different, you know. Mm-hmm. And this, okay, so I. I'm so excited about this that I forgot to talk about how these came to be. Because if you look for super pigs in your browser of choice, then you are going to see that the government of China and the U.S. have been trying to breed different strains of pigs. And sometimes these were called super pigs as well. Canadian super pigs, very different. What had happened was uh, Canadian farmers imported wild boars from Europe in the 1980s, and they got out because they're very smart, very intelligent animals, and they thought, okay, we can rear these boar because we like some of these traits. We can rear them for meat, but to do that, we need to breed them with domestic pigs, which were not a thing in this continent until the 1500s or so. So they breed these pigs to get the boars and the pigs together, and they're not indigenous to Canada, uh, but they are very very enterprising minds. And so, of course, they escape because they're not dumb. If you figure out that you're being raised for as food, as a food source, you try to get out, you know, see if you could change your circumstances. Uh, and, and some of them escaped from farms, but then the population grew again because there was a decline in demand for pork. And some farmers just said, well, I'm not going to kill you if there's no reason. Mm. Go free, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, like, what's that thing at the end of Babe? That'll do. That'll, That'll do, do. Pig. That'll, That'll do, do Super do. Pig. Did you guys read about the uh, method of a Judas pig? The hunting method of a Judas pig? I'm going to guess it's biblically disgusting. No. Can I just can I tell this really yeah, quick? Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 yeah. The concept is if you're hunting these special super pigs, you capture one. You don't kill it. You capture one. Then you fit it with a GPS. Then you release it back into the wild. And theoretically, if you leave it alone long enough, it it goes back to, it's not called a herd. I don't know what it's called. The, the group of pigs. Um, or maybe it is a herd. I don't know. Um, a group. And then you go and take out that group, but you leave the Judas pig alive and then you release it again and let it go. And it goes and finds other pigs. And then you take out oh, that group. Cause it's betraying. Them. It's betraying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so messed and up. This is, and this is like a gutty, a tactic, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Like, send the survive, send one back and let them think they made it. Uh, a group of pigs is apparently called a drift or drove Ooh. or, uh, sounder and a group of boars is called a singular so That's help us right. out folks. wait what? what should we uh, why is it called a singular right <laughs> so what should we call a, a group, group of super pigs i don't know but can i just add really quickly uh one more little disney thing i learned i did the the, the safari thing in animal kingdom and our yeah. driver was really into animal group names and i learned a flamboyance of uh of uh flamingos uh, and oh, it's not cool. because yeah, they're yeah, fabulous yeah. it's because they're buoyant they're, they're, they're uh, very good at floating. That's good. And then a crash of rhinos, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Learned that from Magic is, the Gathering. Thank you very much, Mirage. Yeah, that's a good one. There was a float of crocodiles if they're in the water and a bask of crocodiles if they're on the land. Whoa. I always liked uh, unkindness of unkindness. ravens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Those corvids, man. They're so mean. <laughs> a glaring of cats. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, 
how do we get in the business of just making up those names, right? Well, they're, like, they're, they're cleverly descriptive. Someone had to have kind of coined it, some zoologist or whatever, but they usually are like some clever description, but I still don't quite get a singular of boars. No, that's just a flex at that <laughs> point. It does seem that you way. Know, somebody was being too clever. So there are other things you need to know about this. What we're seeing is something called Bergman's Rule playing out in real time. Bergman, B-E-R-G-M-A-N-N. This rule says that the further north an animal's range is, the higher the tendency that they will be larger. So the size and the intelligence of super pigs allowed them to survive in harsh conditions, which makes moving to less harsh environments cheesecake. Which means that unless action is taken, these are on the way. And I just, I, I am so fascinated that Neil Stevenson uh, predicted this, was reading about it. it. It hits everything we know about sci-fi blockbusters. There's a hapless professor who's been warning people. His know, books are epic, years. man. Like serious <laughs> cast of characters. I've only ever read. Um, it was called Riamdi. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was about yeah. like gold farming in like multiple like MMORPG games and some sort of <laughs> diabolical plot. But then there's also I think Snow Crash is maybe the most uh, kind of cyberpunky or like like very mm-hmm. much an important one from him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Anathema or Anathem and Seven Eves were also great. Like. Yeah, again, not for everybody, pretty cerebral, but uh, but pretty predictive in this case. So the last thing you need to know, uh, let's get a quote from Ryan Brook, who is the leader of the Wild Pig Research Project at the University of Saskatchewan. Might have to reach out to uh, Professor Brook and and see, <laughs> see if he wants to talk on an, a, in an interview or on an episode. But he had this quote. It gives us the lay of the land. He says, probably as late as maybe 2010 or 2012, there was probably a reasonable chance of finding and removing them, being the super pigs. But now they're so widespread and so abundant that certainly as late as 2018 or 19, I stopped saying that eradication was possible. (laughs) They're just so established. They've definitely moved in and they're here to stay. Oh boy. Are they ever? Yeah. So tell us what you think, folks. Uh, Tell us what, what, Tell us what you think of high stakes bacon. Uh, tell us what these invasive, other invasive species you think may be on the way. Let us know particularly if you have had experience with feral pigs, with boar or something like that. We can't wait to hear. We also want to know your thoughts on defamation. We want to know your thoughts on Dominion voting systems and what may or may not happen to Fox News. Uh, If you are in Australia or anywhere, as we said, uh, just don't talk about Pine Gap to strangers. You know what I mean? Especially attractive ones at a bar. Especially attractive ones at a bar. <laughs> yeah, they might be trying to seduce you. Like they might be trying story. to seduce. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I just want to yeah. add really quick one last little bacon bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, there we I go. saw I saw a thing on, uh, on I think it was New York Times cooking. Apparently, if you twist your bacon like into a braid and mm-hmm. then fry it up that way, mm-hmm. it's like delightful. I haven't tried Let's, this yet. I haven't tried it, but I'm fascinated by this idea. Let's do it because we are going to be on the road together. Uh, for the first time in a while, so maybe, maybe we can make that a project. Totally. <laughs> so, in our little sorry, kitchenettes. guys, we have to <laughs> cancel our plans. We're yeah. doing a, a, a high stakes bacon experiment. It's Project Braid. I'm into um, it. Yeah, I I like this. Braid's uh, an acronym. We're not going to tell you what it stands for, though. It's also an excellent no, video no, no. game <laughs> yes. and a band. Uh, yes, uh, and. The last thing, if you you heard us reference the two ten rule really quickly, it's it's a rule of thumb. It is not, I'm it, it is not like a high fluting procedure of any sort. The idea is that if you are in an unfamiliar place and you're doing something interesting, right? Like you are you are at the fancy hotel bar because you are at your fancy business convention, and then and a stranger approaches you. It's not going to hurt, not meant to hurt your self-esteem. You need to think of the one to 10 attractiveness level and treat yourself like a two and imagine whomever is speaking to you (laughs) as a 10 and immediately question their motives. No matter how cool you feel at the time, you just have to keep your head on swivel. 
That's funny and accurate. Good advice. Uh, if you have any of these things that you want to communicate with us about, you can reach us on social media where we're Conspiracy Stuff on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Conspiracy Stuff Show on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, and if you don't want to do any of those things, you can give us a telephone call. Yes, you can. You can call one eight three three std wytk and tell us all about our book that you ordered. Because now you're getting a fifth copy, and we don't understand why, but if you explain it to us, we will. Help us get this thing into paperback, y'all. Come on. (laughs) Help us. Yeah, seriously, please. (laughs) But yeah, when you do call in, give yourself a cool nickname. You've got three minutes. Tell us whatever you'd like. We can't wait to hear your stories. Uh, And if you would like to not do that, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.